0: Hey, how's it going, everyone? Um, I'm your host, Pastor Jason. Uh, Just welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. We're glad that you're worshiping with us today. Um, We're super excited that you've decided to spend time with us this weekend worshiping. And um, just wanted to give you a heads up of what you can expect over the next few moments. Um, You know, we're gonna uh, enter into a time of worship and praise with our music and led by our worship team. And you know, this is just a time for us to set aside um, everything that's kind of maybe around us that might be distracting us that we can just lift up praise to God for what um, he's brought us through another week. Um, even through the pandemic and everything we're facing, God still brought us here today. We're excited about that. You know, it is the Thanksgiving season and we're uh, heading into Thanksgiving. So um, we we hope that all you are able to enjoy Thanksgiving with friends and family and that you have a, an enjoyable holiday and that you stay safe. You know, um also with that comes a time of just giving thanks to God for all uh, that he's given us. And, um, at Salem Fields, it's a special time because we um, participate in the Thanksgiving offering. And this offering um, is a special offering that goes outside the walls of the church. Every uh, dime is used for helping um, projects in our local community, globally in and in a, um, kind of nationally. And um, we're excited this weekend because you can uh, are going to be able to hear from um, our special guest speaker, uh, Lynn and Larry um, Bollinger, that, that are part of the um, Missionaries from the Philippines. And they're going to be able to tell you about just how sometimes these special offerings can go and help uh, people all around the world. And we're excited about that. So if you would, just sit back, uh, get ready and comfortable to um, to worship with us. You know, you can always go to Facebook and kind of connect with others um, through making a watch party as we watch and worship together. And maybe your friends and family want to join you for that. And um, we also want to make sure we hear from you this uh, this morning and being able to connect with you. So if you could take the time to fill out your connection card, um, and go to SalemFields.com slash contact and just fill out that connection card because that's a great way for us to know how we can be praying for you Um, we can pass information on to you that maybe you're interested in being part of one of our digital small groups or an in-person small group Um, we just want to make sure you're staying connected we're excited again that you're here Um, i'll come back after the end of the service and kind of just remind you of a couple things that we have going on throughout the week and um, we hope that you enjoy the services let's get ready to worship
1: bible says for god so loved the world and if he loves we should love to. So sing this out together. Come on. Ready to raise a hallelujah in this place this morning? Whatever you want in life. Whatever you're dealing with. Whatever it looks like. i raise a hallelujah. Come on. In the presence of my enemies. Whatever you're dealing with. i raise a hallelujah. Loud That'll be like, I raise a hallelujah. Cause my weapon is a melody. i so raised a hallelujah. He said, I worship you.
2: Lord Jesus, we just sit here in this moment right now, Lord, in your presence. Lord, we know that you are here. Lord, we know that you have made the way for us in so many circumstances and so many times. And for that, we praise you today, God. God, we we have so much on our minds and our hearts, but it's nothing that's out of your sight or out of your care. And so right now, at this moment, we lay that all at your feet as the one who goes before us, who has been with us and continues to show his presence to us, God. We're so grateful. And God, in our worship today, we, it's, our, it's our wish, it's our prayer that it would be a blessing to you that the words off of our lips and the word that is spoken by, by Pastor Larry today would, would be glorious to you, Lord, that it would penetrate our hearts deeply that it would stir us and stir your spirit inside of us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the moments ahead in all that we do. And we pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Y'all can take a seat. Well, welcome to Salem Fields. How's everybody doing today? Good, good. I got the turkey hat going. Gobble, gobble, gobble. It is that time of year. We are so thankful. Who's excited? Well, who's excited for worship today? Excited for worship, who's excited for Thanksgiving? Yes, lots of great stuff. I don't know if you're excited about the, the time around the table, even though it might look a little bit different this year, right? But about the food and just sharing in that spirit of thanks. We have so much to be to be thankful for continually. And um, here at Salem Fields, we have the spirit of generosity we want you to uh, be reminded of. And just a reminder that you can continue to give your tithes and offerings electronically. We're not going to be passing around buckets during this service today, but there's easy ways that you can give. And we believe that, that giving is... Is a spiritual practice, that it's a way that we honor God by giving back to God a portion which that is God's that he has given us. And so there's a number of ways that you can do that, super easy, cheesy right online, right through the app. You can go to our website. Also, there's kiosks out in the lobby if you're if you're here with us in person today. If you're worshiping online, we're so grateful that you're here too, and you can do that by clicking the little button that's on the top of your screen just to give, to participate in giving as well. And if you haven't already, take out your phone, your mobile device, and check in on social media. Check in on Facebook. Take a selfie. Take a picture of the turkey hat. Say you go to the most awesome church ever. And who knows who might want to join you who might want to tune in there's this thing on Facebook called watch parties that we've been promoting the last few weeks and it's a way that you can start a watch party and other people will kind of get a glimpse of what you're watching and be invited to join all your friends so you can go ahead and even start that here in the service or if you're worshiping online you can just click that button for watch party and join us there and also, we want to continue to connect with you here at Salem Fields, whether in person or online. An easy way to do that is through our electronic connection card. And so you can just go to SalemFields.com slash contact. It's super easy. Just go there. You can click um, just anything that you might be interested in, any of the ministries that are coming up in the life of the church, and any prayer requests, too. And know that we take prayer very seriously here at Salem Fields. We'll be praying for you and your needs throughout the week, as well as any other things in your life that we can help with and uh, in this coming February we have some awesome news we have a favorite event here that is going to take place in a little bit of a different way called night to shine so take a moment and watch this
3: what's up churches this is Tim Tebow I want to make this video to say thank you so much for your support over the years with night to shine And those of you that haven't been a part I want to ask you please consider and pray about being a part of night to shine because we need you but more importantly all of those future kings and queens at your church, they need you. And you know, this year has been totally different because COVID-19, but Night to Shine is still on. Yes, we've had to adapt it, and it's not the same as it's been, but I think it's still going to be pretty special. We're going to have Night to Shine virtual that our team has been working so hard on, and I can't wait for you to see that. But we also have something really special, and it's called Shine Through. Well, what is Shine Through? shine through is night to shine drive through our goal is to keep every single king and queen as safe as possible while celebrating them at the same time so what shine through is is it's a drive through with different stops different stations and different opportunities for each and every king and queen to be loved praised, and supported one of the best parts of night to shine is the red carpet and I am so excited because in our society red carpet signifies meaning worth and purpose And your church gets to celebrate all of these kings and queens and give them that worth and purpose. And they might not be walking down a red carpet, but they'll be driving on one while you have paparazzi and volunteers that are taking pictures and celebrating, clapping and waving at them, truly making them feel like the king or the queen on the red carpet.
2: So that is going to happen right here at Salem Fields Community Church in February, and we're inviting you to participate, to help serve, to volunteer. And there's a table that's out in the lobby if you're here with us in person, if you'd like some more information about that, especially as we minister to those individuals with special needs in our community to really show that they are the kings and queens that they are. And you can just go online. The registration is open. Find out more about Night to Shine or register to, to volunteer, too. And also, Also, here in that spirit of generosity, it's almost Christmas time, isn't it? Yeah, well, a month—it's like a month away, right? We're on the—here we are in the, the the 22nd. Well, we are in the spirit of generosity and giving, and so uh, we'll be participating in two opportunities to serve those in our community who are a little bit less fortunate, who, um, who who need some help during this time of year. And one of those is the Thurman Brisbane Center, and that is our shelter here in Spotsylvania County that serves so many families during the course of the year we're going to be providing gifts for the men of the shelter this year. Because in previous years, we were informed that the men didn't get any gifts. The women and the children got all the gifts. And the men have not gotten any Christmas gifts. So in the lobby right here, the little lobby, as you exit, there's a little tree there with a bunch of cards on it. We just ask that on your way out, don't stand there a mil- like for, forever. Uh, just take a card and take a little notice that will give you some more information about that. And, um, and help to us to participate in that. We have a whole bunch of men that we want to help as well as we're going to be participating in the Spotsylvania Sheriff's Department, Blue Christmas. And so that's also another way that our county is involved in serving those who are less fortunate in our community. And they do so in a big way on the 19th of December. And we have pledged to provide 100, $125 gift cards for our community in that way. And so they'll be for Target or Walmart. And so if you can provide any number of gift cards, we just ask that you go and you purchase that. And then if you attend and worship here, you can just deposit them in the kiosk, the little slip out in the lobby. If you're worshiping with us online, this is a great opportunity for you to participate. And you can just go to the Give tab, the Give button online, and you can click Missions and enter any number of $25 in order for us to buy those gift cards. So we're super excited for that. It's going to be a great Christmas season as we really extend the love of Christ to those around us. And so with that, I'm going to hit it off to my cooked turkey friend, uh, Pastor James, who has a little bit about what's going to happen in the rest of the worship service today. So we have pre and we so, have post. So you get, you're getting this? Are you, this, are you getting this is this? how we work here. <laughs> this is how it
4: happens. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Okay, okay. Hey, I'm so excited to be here today, and I'm glad you're here with us, either in the auditorium or online. This is going to mess up my hair. Uh, <laughs> in the auditorium or online, and so we thank you for being here. Hey, if you are sitting in a seat, you see a card like this. I just want you to pick that card up, and I want you to take a look at it. There's a card there, and there's a pen there. And, I, and after um, uh, Larry Bollinger, I'm going to introduce him in a second. After his message today, we're going to talk a little bit about that card, but I want to make sure that you have one. So this, this weekend speaker is uh, Dr. Larry Bollinger. Uh, Larry is a good friend of mine, one of my best friends in the world, and uh, we've done a lot of stuff together, but it's not about me, it's about him. Larry has a passion for missions and uh, started and uh, started to do ministry in college and throughout our college years and then went to Eastern College and got his master's there. Went to the mission field in the Philippines for a number of years and then came back uh, to headquarters uh, of the denomination in Kansas City and became the Compassionate Ministries Director and the Director of Compassionate Ministries Incorporated that works with USAID and the government. And Larry's been to over 130 world areas Taking compassion. I believe that Larry has really lived out the mission of this church better than anyone that I know before I got here. And that mission is to uh, know Christ and to take the hope of Jesus Christ to anyone, anywhere. And he's been doing it all his life. And in the middle of that, he was on staff at Eastern Nazarene College as a VP for advancement. Um, And uh, he just continues to minister. And one of the things that I love about his his heart for ministry, is uh, he likes to take people and help to engage their heart in a, mis- in a mission. And then he knows that once he, uh, their heart is engaged in a the mission, then everything else comes with the heart. And so uh, this morning, I'm so excited to have my good friend and um, a missionary at heart who's presently the president at a philo- a ph- Philippines a Theological Seminary. Uh, there in Manila, here as our speaker. Would you give him a warm feels
5: welcome? It was um, 2001. It's time for our family to depart on our first mission assignment in the Philippines. And uh, we had been working at the church for the church in Kansas City. But we were heading to the Philippines to take an assignment working with Compassionate Ministries and working with youth in the Asia-Pacific region of the church. And my assignment was one of those assignments that uh, maybe it wasn't like pioneering mission work. Like I, I was working with all kinds of church people I was doing leadership development. I was doing training. I was managing projects. And so my assignment was with pastors and other missionaries and church leaders. And I prayed a prayer you wouldn't think most missionaries have to take. I know you think of a missionary. They go to some pioneering place, some place where the church has never been and introduce the gospel and bring people to Christ. But I was surrounded by all these church people. I don't know if your life's like that, James. And so... We prayed, going into this assignment, even before we went. God, give us some ministry outside of our missionary context to unchurched people. Right? This is the odd prayer that a missionary would have to pray. But that's what, that's what we prayed. Well, in the middle of our time there, like when we left, you have to understand the context. We went on September 1st, 2001. And this was a time in our nation's history where 9-11 was about to happen. In fact, we watched it live in the Philippines on TV, the planes crashing into the towers and the towers falling. So there was a a real sense of heightened security in the Philippines. For Americans living overseas, there was a lot of worry about what's Al-Qaeda going to do to international targets, Americans. And so, the United States Embassy began to speak to us and tell us how to be safe in this environment. You know, they teach us things like, you know, you need to back your car into your space, keep it full of gas, be ready to leave at any time so that you can go in a hurry, keep a bag packed. Uh, my, my wife, we, we had gone to the Philippines. We, we had a one-month-old daughter. And we lived in an apartment building up on, like, the fourth floor of this apartment building. And one of the guys in in charge of security in our mission context, he looked at my wife and he said, now, listen, if you can't go out the front door, realize that you could take that baby, you could put her in your backpack, and you could climb out the window, of the fourth-story window. And, uh, you know, we didn't think that was really all that feasible. James knows my wife. She just kind of laughed and was like, okay, So that, that was the context that, that we... And, and actually, also, in the Philippines at this time, you may have remembered a couple called the Burnhams, uh, Martin and Gracia Burnham. They were uh, missionaries from another organization that in this moment, as we went there, they were in captivity. They were captured by a group called the Abu Sayyaf, which was a, an Al-Qaeda-affiliated group in the Philippines that held them hostage... So all of our radars were up, right? Everywhere we went, we were thinking about, oh, how are, you know, we got to stay safe. What, what's going to happen? People are out to get us. Well, there we were. were. We're in this building. And in the building, there was a Korean grandma that always stood at the entrance, just hanging out. And she was the building gossip. I don't know if you've ever had a community gossip. Well, she was it. If you wanted to know anything that was going on in the building, she would tell you, even if you didn't want to know, she would tell you. And we, we walked in, right? We we're new there, but she didn't matter. She was in, you know, telling us all kinds of stuff. And one moment we walked in, and she goes, hey, did you hear? Did you hear what happened down in apartment 3B in the basement? We said, well, I, I don't know. Tell us what happened. Well, there's a lady down there, and she, she got sick. So she felt like she had to go to the hospital. And she came up here, and the security guard took her out to the street where she waited for a jeepney. That's like the, the transportation system in the Philippines, these jeepneys that go by. They're like buses. Well, they didn't come by our apartment building too often where we were, and so she waited there a long time, and it took like an hour and a half to, to flag down a jeepney and, and take her off to the hospital, and by the time she got to the hospital, it was too late, and she had passed away. She had, she had died. That's a terrible story. Like... My wife and I looked at each other. We're like, what, when did this happen? We asked her, and she's like, well, that was yesterday at about 5.30 in, you know, in the evening. And my wife and I were like, what were we doing at 5.30 in the evening? Like, we were, we were here. We were in the building. We have a car. Why didn't somebody come talk to us? So we told the ladies, listen, next time you know that something bad happens, come get us. Right? We'd be happy to help. I went to the security guard. I said, hey, we're, we're here. Right, like if anybody needs a ride to the hospital and they're that sick, just, just come find us. This is our apartment number. Just come get us. Like, okay. And it began this intense time when we began to pray, God, may, may unchurched people see us as an avenue for them to, to get help, what they need, the ministry. You have to be careful what you pray for sometimes. A week later, my wife and I, we were out in an evening, and as we were coming back to our apartment, we noticed up in the distance, there was a car completely blocking the road, you know, perpendicular on the road. We looked at each other, we thought, oh yeah, you know, this is it, and it's our turn to get kidnapped, and we, we didn't. We didn't know what was happening, but we were cautious. We stopped way off in the distance, and we're trying to figure out what's going on. And it looked like the windshield of this car was completely smashed out. There were some people kind of mulling around the vehicle. We thought, well, there must have been an accident or something. I don't know. So we, we approached slowly, slowly, getting closer, and finally someone came running over to our, to our door on the car and said, hey, we just had an accident uh, I, I was driving, and a, a motorcycle crossed over the line into our lane, and we, we hit them. They're hurt really badly, and nobody will stop and help us take them to the hospital. Would you, would you help us take them to the hospital? You've got to be careful what you pray for, right? One week later. So we said, Okay, we'll take him to the hospital. And we, we, uh, he was hurt badly, he had lost his leg. We fixed them up as best we could. We put them in the back of our car. And then I confessed to the guy who had asked us. I said, listen, uh, we're new here. Like, we've only been here a few weeks. I actually don't know how to get to the hospital. You think that would have been a part of the security training, right? How do you, how you get to the hospital? But I didn't know. So I said, would somebody come and help us, uh, give us directions? And so they said, yeah. And the guy jumped into our car. Off we went to the hospital. And it, it was, it, he turned out to be okay. They, they were able to save his life. It was, it was good. So I'm outside cleaning out the back of my car and the man that drove with us came over. He said, listen, uh, thanks for stopping. He goes, my boss, who was in the car when this happened, he's on his way here now and he wants to see you. So would you mind just waiting for a little while till he gets here? So I said, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't mind. My wife and I were there. We, we don't mind. We'll, we'll hang out. So we wait, and eventually this man comes to see us. And he said, oh, I can't tell you how grateful my wife and I are that you stopped to help us. You know, nobody would stop. They kept going, and we're a little embarrassed. Here you are, foreigners, but you stopped to help us. We would like to say thank you to you. We want to invite you to a Christmas party. Uh, that's happening in a few weeks. Would you come to our Christmas party? So we said, well, yeah, we'd love to come to your Christmas party. That'd be great. So he gave us the directions to his place and told us the time to be there. Well, we drive up a few weeks later, and there's this giant wall, a big gate, and a little door at the bottom of it, and the man comes out and says, are you the Bolingers?" yeah. Yeah, we're the Bolingers. He goes right this way and he opens up the gate and we pull into this area and you know what? There were, there were thousands of people at this, Christmas, at this Christmas party. This isn't like missionary hyperbole either. <laughs> right? Or pastor hyperbole. Pastors never do that. Thousands of people at this party. And I got to tell you, it's the kind of party that maybe missionaries don't usually go to. <laughs> I mean, you got to be careful what you pray for. So there we were. They had a, a stage and an area, like an arena, where people were sitting down. There's loud music, people carrying on, dancing, drinking. They ushered us up into the front, sat us down, and a lady gets up and she goes, Welcome to the, the factory Christmas party. And here we found out that this was the, the factory that makes clothes for like Old Navy and the Gap and we happened to show up at their Christmas party because we, we're so glad to have the president and founder of the company here with us today, Mr. Robert C. And the man who had invited us to the party stands up and here he is, the owner of this factory. And he starts on you know welcome glad you're here and and we have with us tonight some special guests and uh, we're so happy to have the mayor of the city with us today and on one side of us the mayor of the city he stands up and the chief of police is with us today and on the other side of us the chief of police stands up and and then he goes into the story well the other night we were out and you know, we, we had an accident and we, we had some trouble and nobody would stop to help us. We needed to take this person to the hospital. He went on and on and on about the story. And then he said, finally, this couple, they stopped and they're, they're, they're here with us tonight. It's the Bollingers. And bah, the Bollingers, bah, thousands of people. <laughs> you got to be careful. Be careful what you pray for. Well, after some time, they ushered us up into... A special room in the factory this was a boardroom and they said uh, this is like the VIP special guests right they all went up into this room they had special food and so there we are meeting the, the the mayor and the chief of police and all these other special guests that were there and while we were there Robert C's brother William came up to us and he goes hey hey it's nice to meet you you know what uh, I own a factory too, and next week we're having our Christmas party. Would you like to come to our factory Christmas party? We said, sure. That began what my wife Lynn and I affectionately refer to as our, our party ministry. <laughs> I mean, we got invited to more parties. While we're at that party, Nene, Robert's wife, says to us, hey, uh, next week is our son's 21st birthday party. Do you want to come over to our house for that party? So we came, and I'm not lying. Uh, twice a month, we were at a party for the C's. Some, some form or another, or people that they knew. We went to so many parties. We, you know, reciprocity, we thought, we, we, we have to host our own party, right? Like we, we you know, so we, we, in our apartment building, we, we hosted our own party. It was, it was not the kind of party that, that they kind of had all the time. Was, you know, they probably weren't used to our kinds of parties, but it was so funny. They came to the door, and of course, being great guests, they came with gifts for us, and they had this, this uh, big, big bottles of alcohol, right? The kind of drinks missionaries you know, don't, don't usually drink. And we thought that was great. It was like a trophy for us, for our ministry with unchurched people. And we, we put it up on our shelf in our apartment building, and it was like a reminder, every time we saw it sitting there, we're like, ah, oh, yes, the seas, and there's a ministry to the seas and, and all of those people. It was great that uh, the general superintendent came to visit us, James. He's like the pope in the Church of the Nazarenes. No, I'm just kidding, he was cool. He was Jerry Porter. But we did have to explain that. So there we were, in the middle of our party ministry, And God had done for us exactly what we prayed for in a way that was bigger than we could have imagined. He had done something that we thought was impossible. And now we had relationships with hundreds, if we could have handled it, thousands of people it was interesting, our other missionary friends, you know, they're like, hey, you've just been here just a short while. How is it that you're going to these parties, you're invited to all this stuff? You know all these people now around town? How did you do that? I said, well, if you just pray. Listen to this scripture. Here we are in Mark chapter 10. And... Uh, by this time, Jesus had been dragging the disciples around with him. He's trying to teach them things. Uh, and and uh, this was started, this Mark chapter 10, there was a story about the children coming to Jesus and his disciples shooed them away. You remember, no, no, Jesus said, no, children, they're important to me. And then he, he has this interaction after that with a, with a rich man. This is where we start, Mark chapter 10, verses 17. All these things I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go and sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around to his disciples and he said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his word, words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and they said to each other, well, who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and he said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Mm. And then they went on, they tried to justify, hey, we're with you, Jesus. Yeah, we're with you. In fact, you, you, go, you go on into the chapter and you realize, well, they, they think they were with him, but they really still didn't have it all figured out. In fact, later on, uh, James and John start asking Jesus, hey, Jesus, listen, when you get to, into your kingdom, do you mind if one of us sits on your left and one of us sits on your right, right? You, this is the part of the scripture where this, this starts happening and Jesus so frustrated, right? He goes, man, they, they just don't get it. You would think that, uh, you know, missionaries and pastors and people who work in the ministry, that we, we've got all that figured out too, all of our priorities. I'll tell you, we don't always. We don't always. After we had served in the Philippines, uh, we were invited back to Kansas City to work in Compassionate Ministries. Compassionate Ministries, right? Right? And when we moved back, you have to understand, when we went to the Philippines, we sold our house, we sold all of our furniture, so we didn't really we didn't have much. When we moved back, we were moving back into a, a nice house that, that uh, had worked out for us, and so we needed to get some furniture. We didn't have any furniture. But in the Philippines, down the street from us, there was a carpentry training school. And my wife and I thought, what a great how cool this would be. We'll go to the carpentry training school where they're learning how to make furniture, and we'll get stuff made for our house. And we had so much fun. Lynn would go in with a picture in a magazine, you know. I want a bed that looks like this. And they're like, okay. And somebody would go, draftsman, draw it up, they'd take it to the back, and they'd, they'd make our bed. That's how we made a bunch of our furniture. Furniture we still have today. So we, we filled up a container, we shipped that back to the States, we moved back into our house and we're moving this stuff into our house and there was one piece of furniture, it was a hutch, right? They're not as popular now as they used to be, but back then, you know, we're old now. You put your fancy dishes in there, right? It's kind of a cool place to put your stuff. And wouldn't you know it, we had this hutch made, we had this little bump out in our dining room, you know, this was where you could fit your hutch. We carry it in there and that hutch, it's it's two inches too big to fit into that space. It, it wouldn't fit. He said, ah, oh, all right, well, whatever. We'll have to do something else. Let's just move it back out to the garage. We put it in the garage, and we said, hey, we'll just leave it here because someday, right, life's going to be even better. We're going to move into a bigger house, and we'll save it for the day when we can move into a bigger house. You'd think we'd just have it all figured out. So there I was working in compassionate ministries. And about 10 years later, time goes fast, 10 years later, that thing is still sitting in our garage waiting for the day when we move into our bigger house. Life gets better. And at this time, I, I, I happened to be taking a trip to Kenya. I was working in a refugee camp in Dadaab, Kenya, a place where Somalian refugees had been pouring across the border. Uh, and it was people in dire circumstances, children with the bloated stomachs, and they had walked hundreds of miles, left all their possessions, absolute poverty. I mean, the worst poverty you've ever seen. This is it. They're in the refugee camp. And there I was, and I received a text. Technology, right? I get a text in the middle of Africa in a refugee camp. And this text informed me like we, we, that we were going to have some financial uh, troubles. We had been doing a little, some little side business, little family business we had. You can imagine uh, a career in compassionate ministries it doesn't make you too rich, right? So we, we had this little side thing that gave us a little stream of income. We had made an investment with a partner, good investment, it was fine, but the text that I got told me that my partner was backing out and we had to fund the whole thing ourselves. Something we had already signed on and I was like, oh no, like this, those of you business people, cash flow, right? We had a cash flow problem and so uh, here I am, I start texting Lynn, oh, Lynn, we're It's going to be tight for the next six to 12 months. We're going to have to change some things, right? I don't know. We're going to have some financial problems. And I'm texting her about our first world problems in the middle of a refugee camp in Dadaab, Kenya. And I look up and I'm looking around and I just got so angry. Angry, angry that, you know, we had gotten ourselves in this place this, this financial crisis and I felt like all my priorities were in the wrong spot. God puts us in those times and in those moments, you're like, oh, man, what is wrong with me? We, we get back home and we, I had an angry conversation with my wife, not that we were fighting, like we were actually both on the same side of the argument, but we were both angry. And we're like, what is going on? What is the matter with us? You know, he, here we are. And every day we'd come in, and there sitting in the garage was this hutch, represented our bigger and better future. So we thought, well, you know what? Whatever. Let's sell it. we we'll put the hutch on Craigslist. We put the hutch on Craigslist. We sold it. We, we, that was the money. I was so, we were so angry, we didn't even have money to make a donation to the refugees that, that we had just visited. So we sold our hutch, we made a donation to the refugees. But it began this journey in our family where we're like, man, we're going to simplify, we're going to downsize, we're going we're gonna to make life easier for us to be generous, to do things. And we decided to, uh, we decided to downsize our, our house. Uh, in fact, it, it began a journey that really had us contemplating all kinds of things, priorities in our life. And, and like the disciples, you'd think they knew better. You'd think I would have known better. I had been traveling to all these places, seeing people at, the, at their worst. But, but we did. We, we started thinking about how are we going to downsize our life, to make a long story short. Uh, We were able to do that. We sold our home. I imagine this conversation with our kids: "Hey, kids, gather around. We're going to sell this house, move into a smaller house, and then we're going to start doing things like with the difference in the money. You know, maybe we could, maybe we could help out projects. You know, we talked about different places we wanted to help out. And so our kids, you know, our kids are so cool. They're great. They didn't bat an eye. They're like, okay." So we we did we we bought another house and this it wasn't a crisis for us like we had uh, one less bathroom a little less square footage you know it wasn't that big a deal but the big difference in the price of the houses where we were well we were able to survive our little crisis and take those resources and we funded a project in uh, Bangladesh and and uh, man it provided like clean water. For the village, a school for the kids. It provided uh, income-generating projects for the woman in the village. It was so cool. And, and one day, we had enough resources. We took our family, packed us all in a plane, and off we went to Bangladesh, and we went to visit the village that, that, uh, that we had life, just from downsizing, just from downsizing our house. And we began to realize the impossible things that God was able to do, not just for others, but for ourselves. With God, all things are possible. And so here here we go. I mean, here we are. This is the middle of COVID. We're here at Salem Fields, Virginia, and you have a ministry that seems kind of impossible at the moment, right? I mean, we're all shut in. You can't even talk to your neighbors. I don't even know how. The prayer that we prayed in the Philippines, God, give us a ministry to the unchurched. Show us what that looks like. Give us an opportunity. And he answered that prayer in ways that seemed impossible, ways that we couldn't even imagine. Well, here we are again. We're in the middle of COVID. And I'm thinking, well, how is this going to, James, how is this going to work? Like, how how are we going to have a significant ministry where we are? How are we going to impact Fredericksburg and other places all around the world? I don't know that I have a great answer for what that looks like. But I do know that your church is actively engaged in these places. Uh, I know that you guys are involved in ministry with James and Charity in Nigeria, and you're figuring out how to be generous there. I know that you're engaged in India with Manu, cool buddy you're figuring out how to impact life there Uh, I I know that you have all kinds of cool ministries here I mean I saw the one I I love the the, is it the dance dance right what's that called again something to shine light to shine night to shine shine. how cool is that (laughs) How cool is that? So you're, you're finding ways to make it happen. Uh, I, I want you to know, so my wife and I now, we're heading back to the Philippines. We, it's been, oh man, it's, we left in 2004. It's been 16 years since we've been there. And do you know what's happened since then and this time uh, social media has allowed us to reconnect with the C family that we left. We're already in communication with them. We, we're, we're so excited. We've reestablished our relationship with them. And when we get back there, we expect God to do impossible things from the ministry that we prayed 20 years ago. Lord, help us with the unchurched. I, I would like to have told you that, well, the seas, you know, they gave their hearts to Jesus and now everything's hunky dory and it's good. That wasn't the end of the story back then. And when we left the Philippines, we thought, wow, that's like, that's, it was a really difficult. That was one of the most difficult things to leave behind this relationship that we had with the seas. That's gonna be really hard to continue witnessing and ministering to them from a distance. And so we're excited. We, we thought, you know, we brought them to church. We brought them to church just like this. You know, it's like a cross-cultural thing. It wasn't just about Americans and Filipinos. Um, it, it was as uncomfortable for them to come into our church as it was for us to go to their parties. Right? And this ministry to unchurched, they come in, they don't know when to stand up, sit down, to sing, what, you know, what's going on. They had an appreciation, I think, for our, our faith. But church was really uncomfortable for them. And now we're heading back to continue this relationship that we know is going to bear fruit for God's kingdom. That's something impossible for us to do. I know that this church, Salem Fields, I know enough about your pastor to know he has a heart for the community where you live. But he's been living here for a long time. And he knows people in this community, and he wants this church to have a relationship with them. And he wants you to go and to be participating in the life of the community. He wants you to pray that same prayer we prayed, even though it might seem impossible. God, Give us relationship with the unchurched. Give us a ministry to people. And be careful what you pray for because before you know it, there may be thousands of people just at your door, just at your opportunity, just for you to bear witness to God's kingdom. But have that figured out. You are in a place where I just want to challenge you uh, to pray about the opportunities that God has given you. Pray the prayer like we did. And then many of you have the capacity to give. And maybe you're just where I was, where we are still, struggling to figure out What does living simply mean, and what does living generously mean? And how does that impact my relationship with God and my mission in this world? If you're not struggling with that, struggle with me. I still struggle with that. And then there might be some of you who are interested to go. Maybe you're old, maybe you're young, maybe you haven't thought about what you want to do in your life career, I just want to challenge you, think about going. So now my wife and I are going back to Asia Pacific Nazarene Theological Seminary. This is a place where God is also doing impossible things. Uh, One of the things that I used to do in my work with Compassionate Ministries is we would help the church go into countries where it was difficult to enter through traditional missions. You can't send a missionary into the front door. We would go and do humanitarian work and bring the good news through demonstrations of the gospel that we hope and often lead to uh, proclamations of the gospel. Well, so we had helped Eastern Europe, lots of places. There's places I've been you, you couldn't have imagined. If you had told me 10 years ago that some of these countries that we didn't have access to, that were so difficult for us to get into, now those students are showing up on the campus of Asia Pacific Nazarene Theological Seminary. Students from these countries that I didn't even realize they were allowed. Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, well, they're not allowed. But here they are. And they're getting training, theological training, ministry training, training for their context, and they're taking the message of God back into these places that we could never go, never go. I mean, there are an army of Koreans ready to go north, right? As soon as the opportunity happens, they'll be going into that country with demonstrations of God's love. There are people now still today going into that country, Uh, other places in Asia, big countries in Asia, lots of people, places we shouldn't be. God doesn't care. He doesn't care. With God, all things are possible. So I want you to think about, pray about, what is the impossible thing that God is asking you to do? Maybe it's in your community. Maybe it's in another place. Maybe, maybe you want to come to Asia-Pacific Nazarene Theological Seminary and train alongside of these young men and women to go to places that you' never thought God would take you. Maybe that is. Come talk to me after the service. I'd love to tell you about it. And we want you to give. Pastor is going to ask you to give to participate in this global cause. Here's what I know. Uh, Giving is just a demonstration of where our heart already is. You want to prove to God where you're at? Be generous. I won't even say it all has to go to the church, find ways to be generous. Find ways to be generous. And then go. Pray, give, and go. God bless you. It's been good to be with you.
4: Thank you, Reverend Dr. Larry, uh, for, the, uh, for that message and um, for your commitment to, uh, to go to places that are uncomfortable and be used of God. Well, this weekend, we're focusing on Thanksgiving offering because uh, it's uh, one of the ways that we are able to uh, take the hope of Jesus Christ around the world. We do a lot of stuff here at home. um, But what we try to do is uh, 15 cents on every dollar that comes into this place, we send it back out into the community and around the globe for missions. We have this unique partnership with churches all around the world that we pool our resources together that support missionaries in 165 world areas. There's certain things that you can do on your own as a, a community of faith, but when you pour your resources together, it allows you to impact a whole bunch of more people And so one of the folks that we support through what we call the World Evangelism Fund are these missionaries. Larry will be one of the missionaries. Him and Lynn will be one of the missionaries that we support as we give to the Thanksgiving offering so that they can go back to the seas and see the loop closed in a ministry that God started more than 15 years ago. So here's what our goal is. Our goal this year is $50,000. Uh, that we are raised between now and March the 31st uh, that will go out of here and go into the community to take hope to people without hope. And so uh, I always like to talk to you about where the money goes, right? So some of that money will go to, like I said, to support the World Evangelism Fund. Uh, Some of that money will go for James and Charity in Nigeria and Manu Kubadi in India, some of that money, we were uh, thinking and pray, even, praying even now about opportunities in USA America and somewhere globally where we can go and start ministry with a new, in a new area um, of the world. And so the money will go out of this place and to go to help uh, people know about Jesus. One of the things that uh, Jesus said to us before he left was for us to go. Go and make disciples. Jerusalem, right here at home, Judea, USA, America, Samaria, Samaria, places that we maybe don't want to go and don't want to be, and around the world. And so this offering will help us do that. So you have a card there with you, and you have a pen somewhere near your seat there. And we would love for you, if you haven't had opportunity to do so, to fill that out. And here's how Rose and I feel like out a card like that. We don't say God. What do we have in our budget that we can give extra beyond tithes and offerings? That's not the way we do it. We ask this question. We, we ask this question, God, would you give us a number? Would you give us a number that it will be impossible for us to make happen unless you intercede? See, because if, if I can just fill the card out, there's no faith in that, there's no no there's no miracle in that. There's nothing that I can look back on and say, God, you made that happen. So we say, God, give us a number, and then we make a, kind of a we make kind of a pledge between God and I. God, if if you and if you work this out between Rose and I, if you work this out, we will give this amount of money. And I can't tell you over the years, ever since I've been a senior pastor at a place, I've made this kind of pledge yearly, and I and I put some numbers down, and I scratch my head and say, God, I'm looking the budget It's not there and I've seen God make it happen. Sometimes it's because he gave me a speaking event engagement out of nowhere, and I could take the money that I got from that speaking engagement, and it would go to Thanksgiving offering, or it would go to some global offering, or whatever the case might be. So we just usually ask God to give us a number, and then we kind of write that number down. We all know that kind of coming into this, this is a faith statement. This is a faith statement, and so if God gives it to us, we'll give it to the church. And there's never been a year that God hasn't given us a number that he didn't, help us, he didn't help us make. And then we can look back and say, man, God is good and God is great. So I would encourage you this morning, if you're online watching us or here in the auditorium, that you would pray and ask God to give you a number and that you would make a commitment with God by faith that if he provides it, you will give it. And then the other part of this is not just giving, but praying. Praying not just for the people across the street, across the in your cul-de-sac, but praying for people all around the world to come to know Jesus. That God, that, that Jesus, that God would send people like Larry and like Lynn to places that we may never go to take the gospel. And then uh, I had a meeting just the other day with a, uh, a person who has uh, worked in missions, Tim, who has worked in missions uh, here at Salem Fields for years. And we even began, him and Kelly and I, began to talk about maybe some places that we would go in the future and do uh, trips to take the gospel to different places around the world. And so maybe God would begin to speak to your heart and say, when that next mission trip happens, I want you on that mission trip. So pray, give, and go. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for people like Larry and Lynn who are still answering the call. Lord, I believe that you would even call people right here amongst us who would, who would leave this place and leave Fredericksburg and be part of what you're doing in the world. Father, we thank you for James and Charity today and their ministry in Nigeria. And Father, we just, we just bless them today. And uh, we just lift them up today, Father, and thank you for them. And thank you for the ministry that they're, that they're doing there. And, Lord, we pray that you would bless their efforts, that you would redouble their resources. And, Father, that you would make us a part of what happens there. Thank you for the commitment to that place on a monthly basis. And, Father, I'm praying even now during, during this Thanksgiving offering that we would be able to, to do the same thing with Manu Kulbari there in eastern India that we would be able to support them on a monthly basis, Father. So, Father, take the little gifts that we bring, like the little boy and his fishes and loaves, and, Lord, as we bring them in faith, Lord, as we give in faith, Lord, as we step out of our comfort zone and step out of what would be doable for us and do the impossible, being enabled by you, Father, that people would come to know Jesus, people that we don't know, people we never will meet, will come to know Jesus, and and be a part of um, the church eternally because of our passion to pray, to give, and go. Thank you for all that you're going to do. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, if you have an opportunity today to uh, fill out the card, if you're in the auditorium, you can just fill it out and drop it in the uh, box here or on, the, in the, on one of the buckets on the way out, or maybe you bring it back next week. And if you're online, there's an online pledge card that you can have access to, and uh, you can fill that out and drop it. And we'll try to give you an update on how we're doing uh, in, in this area of the Thanksgiving offering. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, God can do the impossible, not through someone else. He can do the impossible through you and I, if we make ourselves available to him, love you guys. God bless you. Have a great day.
0: Hey, it's me, Pastor Jason. Again, we just really hope uh, that you enjoyed this uh, today's message and um, are excited about what it is that God has before us in um, the weeks coming up. Um, you know, we just again are excited that you uh, participated in our uh, services. And remember, we have lots of different ways that you can connect throughout the week through our deeper dive discussions, our um, our live prayer and meetings. And, you know, again, if you're interested in being a part of a small group, please email us at uh, smallgroupsatsalemfields.com. Um, and we want to make sure that we can connect you to a group that maybe that you can feel part of the community here at Salem Fields. We hope that you have a great day and uh, God blesses you this week. God bless.